to the Postmodern Art Podcast, the podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wowing the world over the platform they deserve. I'm your host, Nathan Raglan. Abracadabra. Alakazam. For those in love with bewitching content, check out the guest at hand. Today's guest is Novella Cooper, an illustrator and webcomic creator whose webcomic The Adventurous Witch is one to marvel at. This was a fun and engaging conversation, and I hope you'll enjoy Novella's enthusiasm as much as I did. Seriously, it was like borderline infectious throughout the whole entire thing. Make sure you support her with all the links down below. If you enjoy the podcast, maybe you should consider liking, sharing, subscribing, or follow whatever streaming platform you prefer. Any more love and support this podcast can get is very much welcome on all fronts. In fact, you can even go a little further with that by going to the merch shop at pmap.creator-spring.com to get some incredible streetwear based on some incredible designs from some wonderful artists out there in the world. If you want to go even further with that, and I'd be surprised if you want to go even further with that, you should consider joining the Apocalypse Podcast Network Discord server. We can talk about this podcast and other outstanding ones in the network. In fact... Let's hear about another extraordinary podcast on the Apocalypse Podcast Network. Greetings from Chromatica, home of Lady Gaga, liberator of kindness punks, mother of little monsters, tricon of the ages. We are her best fans with a mission to create a podcast celebrating our hero. Broadcasting straight from Chromatica, this podcast is about Lady Gaga for Lady Gaga. But anyone can listen. It doesn't matter if you love him or capital H-I-M. Prove your stupid love. Ace the art pop quiz. Put your paws up. And download the Chromaticast wherever you get your podcasts. Join us every other Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for our live tapings at twitch.tv slash apocalypse podcast network. And now, without further ado, please enjoy the Postmodern Art Podcast. There you are. Hello. <laughs> yes. Hi, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. How about yourself? You have a, I'm good. You have a fantastic backdrop, unlike myself. It's very plain back here. So well, what you lack I'm working the, on it. I'll say what you lack with the backdrop, you more than make up with your body of work. So I think we're good. Um. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we'll just work with what we got today. Next time go. probably will be even better. There we go. All I, right. I appreciate the thought of a next time. Wonderful. <laughs> yes, hopefully, hopefully there'll be a next time. I'm just saying. <laughs> right. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. You have an open invitation whenever you have some more stuff in the works. I, I'm more than happy oh, to. Oh, yeah, there you go. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will tell you now, um, this is just the very beginning. <laughs> Wonderful. Perfect. Hey, for all you know, whenever, depending on what else comes for you, maybe more can come for me as well. Who knows? <laughs> you never know. Yeah, exactly. We we all got to stick together. That's that's how we do it here in the art world. It's, it's that know? good vibe energy, if nothing else. That's what we need to get. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. 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 And how are you today? Tired, minded, in a million different ways, worn out from work this past week, but good nevertheless. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I mean, we got to work. We, we, we are workers at the end of the day. So Sad but true. Sad but true. I just wish that this was the job instead of my actual job being my job, you know? Uh, a lot of us do, but, you know, 
There's only so much we can control. <laughs> yep, that's so true. We live in a life where sometimes life doesn't want us to do what we want to do, but we keep pushing for it. That's the thing. We have to keep pushing for it. Exactto. I apologize if you hear any dogs barking in the background. We have like six dogs. Oh, you as well? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have one too, so... um you might hear him soon. Um, there might be a chance my dad might be in the background walking back here. So if anything, I'll just be like, eh, 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 eh. no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'll just go ahead and be like, look at this beautiful magazine. No, I'm just kidding. Um, my parents have promised to be quiet for an hour, depending how long we need. If we need two hours, we got it. You just say the word. You are in charge. I will listen to you today. So I'm just going to sit back and just... What's ironic is you say that, but honestly, you're the ones could be leading the conversation more or less because this is oh, th this is your talk. I have my questions set up or whatnot, and like I'm gonna lead us in a direction. But honestly, it depends on how much you want to talk because you know if you want okay. if you want to go off on twenty different directions and talk about how Cruel Deville you know is the ultimate end all be all being or something like that, I am happy. Oh to hell that yeah! Path. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> Oh, and and we can go we can go on about all those kind of things. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, I'm sh I'm sure we're gonna touch on it. Trust me. Um, we're gonna be talking about a lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot of great, 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 great stuff. Uh, kind of that makes up the whole like thing that I'm doing. So exactly. I guess that's what we're gonna do. Exactly. And then that's it's a good foundation for kind of what's been sprouting for your years of work at this point. So there you go. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to I'm excited. I'm really excited about it. Well, I'm I'm glad you're excited. I'm excited as well. Yeah, you know, I was noticing this when I was doing your research stuff like that. You're based in Orlando, aren't you? I am. I'm in Orlando, Florida. My mom actually lives around Orlando in uh, Popka, if you know where that is. So. Popka is 40, it's about 40, 45 minutes from me where I live right here. Yeah. I live East Orlando. I live near the University okay. of Central Florida, which is where I'm going. Actually, I'm going back to school in spring there. So nice. That is, yeah. Yes. I visited that campus once for like a comedy show or something like that. So yeah, I'm aware mm -hmm. of like the general locations and that kind of stuff. Obviously, I've been, to, I've been to Disney World, but that's not all that's in Orlando, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It's like New York. There's more to it than just the build, the skyscraper buildings and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least with you know New York, you get like the stereotypicals, like you, know, you got the skyscrapers, you got Broadway, you have you yeah. have you know like the boardwalk and all that kind of stuff. Meanwhile, Orlando's like, where's Disney World? Where's absolutely <laughs> yeah. Um, just fun fact: Disney World is actually 45, 50 minutes from me, yeah. so it's a drive. I, so. I was going to say, even from where my mom lives or whatnot, it's still a good drive just to get there anyway. So <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but anyways, um, also, I just want to ask this real quickly. Um, I th I want to just go ahead and ask this so I don't butcher it accidentally. Your first name, is it pronounced novella or novella? Novella. Novella. You said okay. it right the first time, yes. Like a short novel. Short novel. I just wanted to be 100% sure because I've yes. seen that and I didn't know if it was like, you know, Latino base or if it was, you know, like just as it you is. See it. It is m more along the lines of Latin Italian, oh, so it's novella. Novella. So think like yeah, like as like cruella. Novella. You just gotta put the no and then the v and then the ella at the, there. So there that's kind of like where I go. There so you yeah, go. you got it right. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a good association, knowing how you tend to the lean towards that aesthetic anyway. So. <laughs> I, I guess so. I think the name worked out very well, seeing as though I am a librarian. So. Oh, that. <laughs> I don't know if that is just coincidence or ironic, but either way. Uh. It's a prophecy, I think. My parents have a prophecy for me. So, I mean, it's... Well, 
well, prophecy is being fulfilled. I, I'm hoping it goes with the the novella, like the way of being a writer, not stuck being a librarian. No offense, I imagine. No, no. Actually, I tell you right now, I have the best. Like right now, I I love my job. Like it's Good. we're not like we're, our library where we work. It's, it's it's not really like a library where we're quiet and you're like Shh, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. We make events for kids. We do art stuff. We are artists. We are. Um, we're a bunch of nerds. Like we are nerds and um, we do writing. We do, we do a lot of things, but because of COVID we had to really limit a lot of things. So we had to do a lot of virtual programs and stuff like that. But I had the pleasure of doing a lot of virtual programs with kids that involved a lot of art, creativity, storytelling. So that really has opened me up to other things. I found out I'm good at Okay. versus also, I mean, not to say I'm, I'm I love what I do artistically, but there's also the the good the good benefit of also knowing you're good at teaching, presenting, and mm-hmm. doing other things. So, and I've always loved education. I've always I've always been drawn to education and creativity. So I'm okay. seeing myself falling under like this umbrella where everything's kind of like one. Okay. And at the library, I kind of I kind of can do all of that in once right now. So that's good. That makes sense. I mean, that's incredible to hear about more than anything else. And I mean, even, you know, with all the limitations that could have happened with COVID, you're still able to find a way to enjoy it with all sorts of different aspects of it to help, I guess, creatively further influence you than you already had before. I mean, that's incredible at the end of the day. I, I'm very fortunate. I will say that for what happened, um, I'm very fortunate because I know a lot of people who struggled and to this day are still going through a lot. Oh, yeah. So I cannot complain. Um, was it annoying and is it still going? Yes, but you're moving. I'm moving up the ladder slow. Good. Slow. Good. I mean, mm-hmm. forward, I mean, progress is still progress at the end of the day. So <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Novella, before we really get going, I must ask the icebreaker question of the podcast, if I will. All right. Let's say you are given the opportunity to go to a deserted island on your own accord. It's just you there. You get to relax and just zone out, but you get to bring one piece of media or one piece of art with you to make sure you don't go completely insane on the island. What would be the one piece you bring with you? Definitely my iPad. That's that's for sure. My iPad Pro with my uh, little pencil, so I can constantly make more content as much as possible. Don't know if I'm gonna be sent. I don't know if I'm gonna be posting anything because I don't know if there's Wi-Fi. But I just need to know. I have to keep creating. Um, other material. You said I could bring like a, a piece of art too. It's a, it, I mean, one piece of art or one piece of media. But I, I imagine piece of media. I'm taking. I'm taking the iPad because I can put my art on there too. So everything is there. There you so. go. Works out perfectly. Right? <laughs> I gotta gotta keep it like that. I, I don't blame you. I imagine you probably got like a lot that you've developed. That you just want the opportunity to just get out there and hey, that time on the island will definitely give you plenty of time to do it <laughs> definitely <laughs> but that's it your ipad with your pencil or whatnot that's your answer you're locking that in that is locking it locked answer sealed ready then if that's the case i can't think of a better way to start the postmodern art podcast welcome everyone i am your host nathan ragland uh feel free to subscribe or follow whatever streaming platform you prefer I'm a part of the Apocalypse Podcast Network. Go to ApocalypsePodcastNetwork.com for more about this podcast and other outstanding ones in the network. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PostModArtPod for future updates and guest announcements, including today's guest. She is a webcomic artist, character designer, and writer with an outstanding webcomic in The Adventurous Witch, an admirer of vintage and horror. Welcome to the podcast, Novella Cooper! Hello, everyone. 
How are you doing <laughs> on this wonderful day? I am fantastic. I'm I'm still having Halloween withdrawals, so I'm I'm still trying to register it, but I'm good. Um, Spooky's a all year thing for me. So exactly, <laughs> that certainly should never go away. But before we really divulge into the spooky category, I want to go back just a little bit to potentially the origin of the spooky. At the very least, I want to know the origin of Novella Cooper. What got you interested in art and web web comic and such in the first place? Well, okay, so we'll start with art first. Um, art basically started off when I was, like, I was super young. I was probably a toddler. Um, I just always liked drawing. Like, I just always loved just putting my hand to a pencil or a pen and just, like, scribbling and drawing. And it wasn't until I actually went to school. And I went to school at a very, like, I, I went to school later on in life than most kids would. So one of my first select, like, elective classes was, of course, art. And um, that's when I really discovered I had talent because the teachers would always brag about like, wow, she's good. She's, she, she knows how she understands the concept of drawing something. And I guess that all comes back again to because my father has a little bit of drawing skills. And I remember being a kid sometimes and he would draw little things or I would tell him, hey, can you draw this for me? And he would draw it for me and I would draw it with him to kind of like go in touch with it. And in between all that is when I slowly started to discover I was an artist. Okay. And I think after going into first grade, when I went to a more serious art class, mm -hmm. and I was in this art class where all the kids were not taking art seriously. I was the only one there who was like dedicated. I listened to the teacher mm -hmm. and the teacher would literally like use me as like the poster child for what he was talking about. Okay. He would just pick up my stuff and would just be like, this is what I'm talking about guys. This is, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Cause I would never destroy the, the pastels or the crayons or anything. I would just take it and just be like, I would just follow the rules. I was always kind of a goody two shoes in school. Cause I always, I, I appreciated school, even though sometimes I was like, ugh, school. <laughs> I mean, oh, nevertheless, school. nevertheless oh. it's incredible to hear just kind of like how much of a love and more importantly, a respect you had for art, like at that young of age, like you, you illustrated yourself. It's very rare to find that. And, you know, it's very rare to find that these days in general. I mean, goodness. <laughs> I have academic background in art. I mean, as time went on, like I said, my education was not that perfect in my life. There was gaps and hiccups. But I've always wanted to go to a proper art school. That's what I've always wanted to do. And the older I got, the more I, I, I begged and pleaded my, my parents, especially my mom, to put me in an art school. But art schools, of course, they're very expensive. And I personally, I don't come from a family that could just like put me in raw um, Ringling or Cal Arts or something like, oh, we're going to just throw you right in there. I kind of had to work with what was around me. Mm -hmm. So I can say my first actual art school was the old-fashioned art instructional school, which um, I think Char, what was it? The creator of Charlie Brown, Charles Schultz, I guess his name yeah. is. He actually went. He went to that school, but the thing is, with this school, is you don't go there. They mail you material and you draw the material, and then you give it back to them and they grade you. So that was kind of where I actually started getting into art school stuff. Eventually, I went to college and I started taking art electives. And my goal ultimately at the very end was to probably get into animation, 2D animation. However, there were a couple of things that I was kind of like, nah, I don't know if this is going to work. Also, the fact that my location, is it possible for me to have a really good 
flowing career in 2D animation nowadays. Possible, but it's a it's a it's a ladder. It's a ladder. Yeah. Got to climb it slow. And I'm kind of seeing it now as like it, it is what it is, but I'm not giving up on what I'm passionate about. I'm still going to do indie projects. Also, in terms of webcomics, it's kind of weird because it all started off when I was a teenager and I started writing a lot. Okay. And I just liked writing because I thought to myself, oh, I can't do animation. I, I don't know anything about animation. What am I going to do? Okay, I'll just write the stories. And then one day when I know how to do it, I can probably try to animate the stories or if I have a team. So I just constantly wrote. I wrote a whole whole novel, which is about a certain witch that you guys already know about. And I wrote that novel when I was about, I started at about 14, 15 years old. Wow. So that gives you a gap idea how old she really is. And when I went to college and everything, I kind of, I, I, I moved away from it. I didn't want to go back. And um, the whole novel thing just didn't seem like an option for me at one time. Because it was just like, I was just puking up just random ideas. And I'm like, oh God, if a publisher sees this or anybody sees this, they're going to think I'm some kind of full-fledged <laughs> psychopath. <laughs> so so um, I'm making this character do whatever I want her to do. So yeah. it's not like, oh, okay, so she's going in a good direction. No, she's just make, basically making this character do whatever the heck she wants. So that kind of, I felt like I, a novel could work, but not for that character. Right. Not for the character. So as time went on, I started seeing comics and stuff like that and i don't know what drove me in a way i kind of don't know why i did it but i'm like let's just go make a comic and i think it was after i saw a few of like some famous artists how they started off and a lot of them start off making web comics and i'm like you know what what if i start making web comics maybe this will be a good stepping stone for me to kind of open myself up oh, there you go. so i started doing that and um I will point out, I had, and here we go, okay, here it comes, some mm -hmm. little graphic language. I had literally no fucking idea what I was doing. <laughs> I'm just saying that right off the bat. I had no idea what I was doing. I just, I knew what I wanted, but I had no idea how I was going to do it. So right. I just went with what I knew and what I saw. So I basically gathered and followed a shit ton of um, t Tumblr um, artists I saved some of their work. I was looking at how they formatted things, try to follow my own format and my style and kind of threw out little snippets of here and there and there. And I kind of, I did everything. I did the writing, the background, ev everything you see, I did it. Goodness. And it kept, like, I liked it, but it wasn't good enough. And now, of course, if I look back at it, I'm like, Ugh. so. <laughs> but that's pretty much where the webcomic thing started was that I, I had a vague idea and I had no idea where I was going with it or how was I going to do it. And I just did it. And from doing it, I learned more and more and more and more. Let me start off by saying, first off, that is a great origin story. The fact that we just went from that to this is how I got to the webcomic. <laughs> Which I'm perfectly fine with that. I'm not judging you. I'm saying I love that kind of like in-depth analysis and such. But secondly, you talk about how you had no fucking clue you were doing. You just wanted to do it, get it out there. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of creators that yeah. probably had the same mentality, myself included, when it came to this podcast. I had no fucking idea what I was doing. But you know what? I just wanted to make this shit. <laughs> yeah. It, it usually starts off you want something so bad that even though you don't know what the hell you're doing, you're going to find a way possible to make it happen. And I think that's the best way. And I think um, – I, I, I swear – I. 
I take it as like a biblical like phrase from Danny Elfman because Danny Elfman too, who's a famous composer, Tim oh, yeah. Burton's favorite person. Um, the guy basically had no idea what he was doing for a few of his movies. And you listen to his soundtracks and you're thinking, this guy must have a shit ton of experience yeah. with music. But at the same time, he didn't really come from that background. He no. came from another type of musical background, but he just went with it. And guess what? That's what turned him into a professional. So I feel like no matter what we do, or if we want to become a professional at it, we just got to go in for it. Like we have to go into the dark and we have to try to find our way through it. Exactly. Yeah. Just dive That's... in head first and just see where you go from there. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the way to become a professional, unfortunately, in most cases. I mean, that's that's not a bad way. I mean, you certainly you've already established just how much of an interesting trick has been for you so far. Um, You kind of emphasize like a couple points here and there. So I just want to know, like, especially for your art and such, what was like a major inspiration for like what led you to where you are right now, if I may ask? Like, I know. I mean, I mean, like, what were some of the web comics that sort of inspired you? Hey, maybe I should go forward with this. What were some of the like old media that you used to consume that was like, I want to create stuff similar to this, you know? This is another vague question. I mean, this probably will come out very vague on my end, but um, I always liked, I always was a, oh, okay, perfect. I got it now. I got it now. <laughs> When I was, okay, so, and this is, okay, so this is kind of where the character origin story comes from. So we're going to go now kind of into that origin okay. now of the character. So how it's how it started off for me, like the whole aesthetic of spooky and what I liked in terms of art, what drew me to art was always things that were rich in detail or very creative movies like um, Corpse Bride, Nightmare Before Christmas. Um I guess when I was 13, 14, I started going into like all these different spooky movies and all these weird, quirky stuff. And all that just kind of drove me into like this, this cocoon where I just wanted to make things like I just wanted to create. But I always was like, I remember being very young and loving a character to the point that I wanted to make stories or like fan because we had fan fictions back then. Mm -hmm. We kind of like I, this was before I even knew fan fanfic existed. OK, this was before I knew fan fiction existed. I used to take a character that I really loved and I wanted to put them in a similar story or in a different story that was already there. Okay. And I was like, oh, I'm going to make that. But of course, that could only be a fan fiction. You couldn't really take it any further because it's not your content. It's not your work. That kind of drove me into a certain craziness, I guess, to want me to make something original. Like, I had no other choice. I had to make something that was my own if I wanted to push my ideas forward. Um, with that being said, the biggest influence, I think, for me in terms of, okay, so aesthetically, in terms of my style and everything, and I guess the way my themes go, is definitely Alice in Wonderland. Okay. That is... That that story has shaped me as a human being. Like that's literally like my mentality, my personality, everything. I saw that movie when I was super young, 1951. But then as I got older, I got into the books. I got into the different versions. So I got to see the dark versions. I got to see the more colorful versions. I got to see the more retro, modern. I saw most of them. I am the ultimate nerd when it comes to Atlas stuff. <laughs> so that kind of that kind of has influence over my work all the time because that's just. That's my thing. Also, I love Halloween since I was a baby. Mm -hmm. um, I was one years old. I could barely walk. And my mom threw me in a pumpkin outfit and said, we're taking her out. There and I go. went out. And after that, I never became, I would, that, after that, it was never the same. 
I loved Halloween. I've been obsessed with Halloween. Anything that had a Halloween atmosphere, I was drawn to it. Mm-hmm. Even when I didn't really realize it, I was drawn to it. And I didn't really see myself as a spooky, gothic kind of person until I got into my teens. Okay. And it wasn't until I watched Growing Up Creepy on Discovery Kids when I was 12 years old that I realized I loved spooky shit. Like, that <laughs> that that show yeah. unleashed, like, unleashed the spooky monster that's inside of me. And that show drove me to a lot of things and actually is the primal primal motivation and inspiration to my main character that I know we're going to talk about later, but that's, that's how, that's how it kind of happened. I mean, if I may say like, I honestly have forgotten about the show until you mentioned it, but thinking back on it, like it was such a unique show, especially at the time. Cause, like, was. cause there was nothing like it on the TV, especially yeah. like, like you know, discovery kids, which what was it? The other one was like, what Kenny, the shark, you know, King I Tyler, love Kenny, the shark. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, you know, the looks of those were more like the traditional, like, Saturday morning cartoon at the time. Meanwhile, you have Growing Up Creepy, which is right up your alley. (laughs) It was, I think, I mean, granted, the animation personally was not the best. But the story and the, like, the whole theme about it is, I personally think is excellent. I think it is amazing. I just wish they had a better animated animation team for it. Like, I wish they, if they could have, like, Kelsky Chupo, that would have been, that would have been that would have been an amazing show chef's kiss exactly beautiful show i was gonna say if nothing else like the the character design that they had for that show was it, they made it as unique as they could for a discovery kids show oh yeah and of course they had their limitations i'm sure because they couldn't make it too spooky but it was just perfect like it was just that show i i don't like insects i don't like insects but that show made me like some insects i was like oh man i want to go on this i wanted to cosplay her i wanted to like i actually even hand sewn me a bag that i had embroidered her on the purse because i was such a fan of this show like i was i was obsessed with it so that was my one of my favorite shows growing up for sure i can't believe i didn't post it yesterday um because we have like fan thing going on at work and i'm like why like right now why the heck did i did not say growing up creepy was my show punch <laughs> you know sometimes you need you know moments of self-reflection to realize the the true amount of stuff uh growing up creepy i think the second show that after growing up creepy that i went nuts over was the marvelous misadventures of flapjack they, uh, it's just, uh, there you go <laughs> it's just it's like the perfect i it wasn't until I bought the shirt from Flapjack that I became obsessed with it. And I got my mom obsessed because I bought her a shirt. And she's like, I love that show. I love that show. I'm like, you're not the only one. I love the show. And people ask me, like, why you like the show? I'm like, because it is so fucking creepy and grotesque. Like, it's just, it's just, it's just so weird, but it's perfect. Like, if you just have the mindset or, like, the background I have with creepy, weird stuff, this is, like, this is eye candy for you like there this is just go. perfect a, a couple so things i, I just wanna, i love it a couple things i want to say when it comes to flapjack one i just want to say like that general like era when it comes to like cartoon network as a whole like the shows that they were producing absolutely outstanding in my personal opinion there was flapjack chowder was a prominent one my personal favorite one was class of 3000 i don't know if you remember that show or not um I didn't really watch that show too much um okay. but chowder i did see a little bit for flapjack oh my oh, god no, 
Plus, it's interesting you're saying how that like the the creepy aesthetic and how it sort of marries perfectly. Keep in mind that was one of Alex Hirsch's like first shows before he moved on to Gravity Falls. So, yes. So they. <laughs> and then we had Over the Garden Wall. We had yeah. Over the Garden Wall that followed a couple years later, and that to me is one of the best animated things I've ever yes. seen. Like it's yes. just there's so much richness in the story that it just. I personally think it's the best. I think it's the best so far. There you go. I mean, it's certainly, if it's not the best, which I think a lot of people will agree with you by saying it's the best, it's definitely up there. Like just the, the storytelling, the, the animation, you know, the, the characters and such, you know, just how it played out more than anything else. Like it, they, they did wonderful jobs with, they did a wonderful job. Fantastic. I, (laughs) I would love to have something like, I would love to create something like that. Like that would be a privilege in itself. That would be amazing. Well, I imagine you probably want to aspire for that kind of stuff based on like, you know, those influences that you're talking about and such. I imagine for you, like, well, I want to, I'll just ask this. What is it about these kind of like horror aesthetic or the creepy aesthetic that just like creatively just like gets you going? Like, what is it that you think like gravitates you towards that kind of stuff? The aesthetic, I guess, the darkness, I I like, there's a mystery, I think, to it. It's almost, like, enchanted to me. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, like, how some, like, how some people get, like, how some, some, like, I know a lot of girls love Disney princesses, and they love them because they got the castle, they got that that princessy aesthetic. Mm -hmm. That spooky aesthetic, I don't know, to me, it just is the perfect atmosphere for a great storytelling. Mm -hmm. There's just, it's just, like... In most cases, it's just like it automatically happens in a spooky atmosphere. A great story is bound to happen. And I love the feeling of like uncertainty. But at the same time, there is somewhat a pleasantness that comes with it. It, it Overall, and then the aesthetic. Basically, the because the, I'm, I'm very visual. So I will go with what looks visually pleasing. Mm-hmm. Also, at the same time, I do like whimsical stuff. So I like to kind of put in between, I like to put in whimsical and darkness together and make this thing which is light and dark kind of thing. So I, I, I like a little bit of both, but I can do more dark than light sometimes, or I can do more light than dark, but it just depends on the mood of the story, the setting. But um, back to what we were saying, I, it's, it has to do with, I feel like there's an enchant, enchanted atmosphere in spooky things. And just kind of like a wholesome, warm feeling I get when I watch these things or when I like these things. And I guess a certain, a little bit of nostalgia, I guess. And I like that. I was going to say, I imagine like those, the, the aesthetic and the nostalgia is probably what helps you lean towards vintage as well as the thing that you admire for your aesthetic as well. Like what is that? Am I right in assuming that? Um, vintage style. I, yeah, it's funny how I came about that. Um, because when I was a teen, I was, I was emo goth. (laughs) I had this emo goth thing going on. Um, I guess we all were emo at one point in time, like millennials. We were all like, we had an emo moment. Either we went, we still are emo, but we, we don't dress too much emo, but we're still emo somewhere. But, um, the older I got, I started liking more the way I, I didn't want to dress like everyone else. I always loved, and this is going back to the Halloween, my passion for Halloween. The number one thing I loved about Halloween, everything was dressing up. I go. loved 
being able to dress up in anything I wanted. And I got to, when I was a kid, I loved being something I was not or that I could not be every day. Mm-hmm. I, I had like almost like an addiction to that. So my mom would always go to Party City and buy me one costume after another until I had a whole dresser drawer full of costumes. And I didn't even wear regular clothes. I just wore like my favorite was my Angelica costume. <laughs> I had an Angelica costume. I used to dress up like Angelica to the grocery store everywhere. There you go. I had a Cinderella dress. I had a bell dress. I had almost every character costume of the 90s. And I had it in a dresser drawer. And I wore one a day. And I even had Pink Ranger from the Power Rangers. I even was a Power Ranger. <laughs> and I it got to the point where Halloween was an issue. It's like, pick something out and let's go out. And I picked one. <laughs> I never forget. I picked Dream of Genie. And I put the Dream of Genie on and I ran outside and we went trick-or-treating. And it was fun. <laughs> so I... It, that's the whole. That was that was always my thing. I always wanted to also become the characters that I admired, mm-hmm. or like I just liked feeling like I could be part of the story. That's what I like too. So um, the whole dressing up thing is just uh, that whole that whole concept and l- passion is what drove me, I guess, into more different style. Because like I said before, I never wanted to dress like everyone else. Right. What 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 they wear now, I don't find it to be my taste. Or what I try to do now is I try to find something that looks old-fashioned and I try to morph it into a modern look that doesn't look too outlandish or costumey. Mm. But then again, it all depends where I'm going, who's there, and then like usually every day, like I'm at home now, so I'm wearing my spooky shirt and my leggings. That's just it. There you go. Um, if I'm at work, I'll probably wear something that looks a little more old-fashioned-y but not too out, out there. Just that I'm comfortable, that I can get my stuff done. Mm-hmm. Um, if I go to a convention or something, then I start looking more like, I guess you can say real me that's inside, <laughs> but, um, just not lazy. There so, I, the passion for costumes has really drove me to going into the vintage style. And I just also another thing, because I, I love horror, but I also love period dramas. My go. favorite one was Marie Antoinette in 2006, 2006 or 2005 with, um, What's her name? Um, Kirsten Dunst, I guess, uh, or Durst, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I forgot Kirsten her. Dunst. I don't think. Yeah, that's my favorite period. That's one of my favorite movies ever. That movie changed me too. So that that I had that movie. I had all these cartoons going. Like all that started like morphing me now into like who I am now. So yeah, no. that was all of that. So I love period dramas. So I'm the kind of person I'll say, you like horror, horror creepy? No? Okay. Oh, so you like Pride and Prejudice. Okay, so let's go with that. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. I know I know. you definitely kept that, uh, I guess, the aesthetic and, like, the dressing up and, like, really embodying the characters, like, well into, like, nowadays. I know recently you've been posting on, like, your Instagram one of my personal favorite, like, cosplays of Cruella DeVille that I've ever seen. Like, I absolutely uh, love it whenever you dressed up that Thank her. you. So like I, I it was I, I had too much fun. I had way too much fun as her. Um, <laughs> look, I'm I'm kind of happy I wasn't too drunk that night on Halloween because <laughs> if I did, I would have. Oh god, I probably would have hot wired everybody's car. I would have been like, <laughs> I would really like. I, everybody would be like, "Girl, you're being too much like her right now." I'd be like, "Shut up." <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. I love it. I I want to dress up like her again, and I'm trying to. I'm waiting for next year to do cons again hopefully baby steps forward because i i miss the cons oh i i can only imagine just kind of the 
the experience of uh, going furthermore with like the dressing up that you're talking about plus like you know with a lot of cons there's especially a good bit of them that are like art-based cons or whatnot obviously like a comic con or something like that so like having an opportunity for you to be there around all these different people that basically love the same thing and especially yeah especially you just like going full monty with whatever character you're given like i can imagine absolutely that, that's just like the dream yes. for you <laughs> That and then I, I really do hope to do Artist Alley at my local cons. Like yeah. I really want to do Artist Alley there, but of course that's an investment. So I'm hoping that when time comes, I can start saving up for that because I feel like that will be really the, the stepping stone I need to go more forward in my indie projects and stuff. Well, I'm glad you mentioned your indie projects because I definitely want to talk about one of the more prominent ones that we've been sort of tiptoeing around the entire time, and that is The Adventurous Witch. Uh, I, you kind of illustrated it beforehand, but like starting with like basically writing a novel and just regurgitating whatever is out there, is that more or less like the origin of it? Like what exactly inspired the character in the first place? Growing up creepy. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wrote a fan fiction. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now the, the absolute, like, how all of this happened and why we are here today with, with Irene. Go for so, it. I loved growing up creepy. Mm -hmm. I, well, I loved it so much. And then we had Twilight. We had all this crazy romantic stuff going on. I wanted to write a fan fiction that was kind of like growing up creepy. And then, oh, my God, we had Sweeney Todd. I loved the music. So I wanted to create, like, this romantic older version of creepy kind of fan fiction, whatever, like kind of a fairy tale-ish kind of fanfic I wanted to make with her. But of course I was so obsessed with it. I'm like, girl, this story is too good. That's what I kept saying to myself. Like the story was really rich in detail. It was really good. And I thought to myself, well, you know, this could actually be a good story, but that's not your character. None of this is your character. I had to make something else. Now I did make some original characters in that fan fiction. So with that being said, I'm like, you need to make your own character. And I'm like, oh, and this is where I got a little scared. So I just went up one day and I grabbed a piece of paper, whatever, whatnot. And I just started doodling. And um, I created this really horrid looking emo girl. <laughs> like super emo, had the scene haircut, like scene like yes. the, the old-fashioned side cut, like shaggy hair. She had like a collar, all kinds of big eyes. Um, she had a beauty mark for like she had like a little mole, which is Irene's mole that you see uh, that she has. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and I didn't know what to name her. We had creepy, but I had her like Irene, Irene. <laughs> but for some reason, Irene, that just. The way I spelled it, it would have came out, it would have been pronounced completely different. So my mom kept saying Irene all the time. She's like, oh, you get Irene. I'm like, mom, it's Irene. She's like, oh, okay. I, I, Irene's pretty. And I'm like, mom, it's Irene. E. Not with an I, it's with an E. And eventually I just went with Irene. And then I wanted to make a super unique last name for her. And for some reason, I don't know how Vintergon came. I think it was like, I liked Vinter. I liked Vinter. For some reason, that sounded like, I think, Norwegian or something. Vinter. And then Gone, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take two words. I'm just going to make that her last name. So that's what I did because I wanted that she came out of a fantasy world, not a, a real world. Mm -hmm. So their last names are a little bit outlandish or weird. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. Also... 
she's human. There's nothing special about her. So I was like, well, there has to be something about her that makes her unique, especially if she's outlandish. Yeah. I went with this concept of creating this little magical creature. So she wasn't really human in a way. She was kind of like a humanoid kind of like you know how some some movies are like fandoms they're they're they look human but they're not technically human kind of like vampire or something right so she was kind of a she was always a creature with who could who could like who had magic like she always had magic like magic came around there at one point i think there came the concept of her being a witch but i thought everybody's doing a witch right now you've got sabrina you got this and this and this and that i'm like it's too common. She, I wanted her to be something different. Time went by, and I I wrote that novel. I wrote the novel, but it wasn't called The Adventurous Witch. It was called um, Irene Vintergon and the da-da-da-da, which started to sound like a Harry Potter book, yeah. okay? Yeah. Um, but it was Irene Vintergon and da-da-da-da, or Irene and da-da-da-da. It wasn't at all where we are today. It was completely different. So I can tell. <laughs> I kept writing, I kept writing, I kept writing. And as time went on, I had life kind of shift me around. I went to college and life started changing. I started like, you know, I, I was three, four years later, but kind of erased everything and stuff like and Not erase it, but I kind of like pushed everything to the side. I'm like, I'm not going to bother with it right now. I'm too busy with school and stuff like that. Every now and then I went back and I started going back to the manuscript and I kind of rewrote everything, changed everything. So what I had completely was changed um so it was not it was still fairy tale-ish but it wasn't as typical disney fairy tale-ish like it was in the beginning right um closer to to more closer to now i did i didn't really do anything with her like she was just at that point, I kind of left her in the dark. I kind of pushed her away. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm doing other art stuff now, whatever. And then there was a horror movie called The Witch that came out. Mm. And that movie, that movie kind of just like shocked my, 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 my creative bone. Mm -hmm. And I was like, where is she? <laughs> <laughs> like literally like, where is she? And I'm like, I want to make something with witches now. Like, I want to. Like, this movie just <laughs> drove me off the walls. Um, so I was like, where is she? I had not much files or drawings of reference to go off. So I'm like, all right, we're going to start from the very beginning. And I started drawing her again. And sure enough, I mean, she looked more like, she looked more like herself. Like, the way she looks now, she did look like, but she still had a lot of design work to do. Right. And I had trouble understanding her, um, the character in terms of physicality. Like, what what is the shape of her eyes going to look like? How is she going to look like this? Like, what? Like, how was I going to channel this person? Like, how was I going to draw this person that I just made up in my brain on paper? Mm -hmm. So, with going to different, like, going into art school and doing all these things, and then eventually I just got repetitive with my digital art and stuff, I started drawing more stuff from her and everything. And I started watching a shit ton of witchy movies uh, from Suspiria to Practical Magic, Witches of Eastwick. Oh, uh, Witches of Eastwick. Like, every witch thing that you can imagine, I got involved in it because I was so obsessed with making this thing, like, making this character come back. Mm -hmm. Then the question was, how was I going to bring this character back? Because I didn't want her just to be a drawing. 
So I was like, okay, well, we can go back to the novel. And then sure enough, I was in a relationship at the time and I showed my ex my, my writing and everything. And the way it sounded like the novel wasn't going to happen. And the novel, I, like, this is just me. The novel, I felt, did not work for that character because the way her character is, she has a collection of adventures versus just one adventure. I feel like she needs a collection of adventures that make up the whole thing. Right. Which then came to mind, okay, well, why don't we make like a book series or what about we make this? And then somewhere along the lines, I don't know where it came from, but there was a comic idea. Okay. And I thought, wait a minute, I can make her, I can draw her. And then I can do the the minor the like the mild dialogue and the writing, and I can make a comic that would work out because it, I can draw and do all these things. So that's where it kind of started coming to grips. Now, what what were we going to name it? Was the question. We went. I, I noticed like I was looking at um, comic titles and everything, mm-hmm. and I wanted something simple that wasn't too long. And I think my very first title was. The Misadventures of Irene Vintergon or The Many Weird Adventures of Irene Vintergon. Right. That still was too long for a comic. Because <laughs> if you look at comics and stuff, they have like one, like one title, like one word as their title yeah. or something. I wanted, but I still wanted something unique. Right. Um, and I just thought of, well, she she we wanna I wanna make it clear that she's a witch. Like I wanted to to give that off in the first title. So anybody who loves magic and stuff, they can just kind of spawn right into it. Mm-hmm. And then I thought of the movie The Witch and everything. And I thought to myself, the advent the the, the the rebellious witch, the misfit witch, the adventurous witch, and I was like, That's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And I was gonna go with like the misfit witch or whatever because she is a misfit. But I was like, adventurous witch is more because I didn't want her to be a typical witch that just make potions and fly her broom and stuff. I wanted that she had something different about her that, that kind of separates her from other witch characters that you see in the media. And I'm thinking, what if she's an explorer? Like, what if she's an adventurer? I'm like that, like an Indiana Jones kind of character, but with magic involved. Like, she uses that to her ability. And I'm like, that is it. I like, and, and she's female. She's a refresher. I feel for female like protagonists because I, for some reason, I feel like we went through a princess phase where every character was a princess. Like yeah. you just, they were a princess, 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 princess. I'm like, we need another character that is not a princess that could potentially become a princess. We don't know, mm-hmm. but that had something different about her, but also that was refreshing and I thought what about a witch that happens to be a fearsome explorer or like some kind of like a teenager who self-proclaimed herself as an explorer right she's a witch she has to she kind of has to deal with magic and all this stuff but at the same time she's just yearning to find out what there is like like she she wants more to life than just doing the typical witchy stuff right. she wants to go on adventures she wants to she wants to get involved in dangerous shit. Okay. So let's just, she, she wants some danger in her life. So I kind of rolled with that concept and that's kind of where we are. Like I'm rolling with the concept of her being the adventurous witch. So she always has an adventure for herself, but I feel like she's kind of, situ- it's more situational, but we're still kind of figure. I'm still figuring out where we're going all the way with the story. Right. It's like, a, I'm kind of, I'm kind of driving in a fog right now with this story, but I, I like where I'm going so far. 
I mean, if nothing else, I will say, in fact, we've only had the first real chapter of uh, Irene's adventures, more or less. It's a good start, if nothing else. And it's certainly like I had a chance to sit down and actually read what was out there with Irene's adventures. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. Um, the, <laughs> the character is incredible. and you, The characters, I should say, not just Irene, but like the side characters, wonderful and unique. The art style, I cannot get enough of. Like whatever art style <laughs> you've been building up for years, it's really on showcase with that. Um, and just like the story you got going on, like it's, it's intriguing and it's something that I could definitely see this adventurous witch getting on in a lot more misadventures. And I'm certainly intrigued yeah. to see what misadventure she gets herself yes. into. <laughs> I feel like we're going to, I mean, the, the whole, my whole idea with the whole, my whole idea with the webcomic is I kind of want her to start somewhere, but where she's going to end up is way different from where we saw her now. Because right. if you look at a lot of the TV shows and stories that we're doing with like protagonists, of like one, I will definitely point out because it was one of my favorite cartoons and everything is Star versus the Forces of Evil. There you go. Season one, season one, way different from where we were in season four. Um my own personal opinions about season four but i will say from where we started off way different from where we ended which is kind of what i want for her in a way like i want her to start here and of course i know the first chapter or like the first episode or whatever is not the greatest in any way for most characters and i i was kind of expecting it to be better but i'm like girl this is your first episode your first chapter you're just gonna have to deal with what you got don't confuse the people. Don't try to puke up everything in one chapter. Just do one at a time because I, I as a writer and artist, I try to, I just, I want to feed you all that I have. But I'm like, I can't overfeed you because you'll, you'll, you'll overindulge. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to give you like little bits of this and this and that. And I feel like in the, I, I, right now I'm currently working on chapter two and um, chapter two is a major major introduction of who she is and in a way like we're learning more about why she is the way she is in a way mm-hmm. and why like we're gonna meet her family now like we're gonna meet her sisters Ooh. she has four sisters okay we're gonna meet her mother her mother is important to say the least <laughs> her mother is her mother is the, dr- the the drive to why she wants to become an explorer and wants to kind of like push away from the magic life okay. because it's a very formal it's pretty formal and very um how do i say it, it it's kind of like it's very prim and how do proper. i say it like uh, very prim and proper like kind of a religious school okay. like you know if you go to a religious school you have to follow a certain dress code you have to follow certain rules you must mm. practice good behavior or else you are doomed to a life of hell kind of uh. that's kind of with magic in in the adventures which witches are told to behave a certain way and they have to follow a certain guide or else if they don't it's easy for them to fall into a dark path with magic which they can start to become and they can start becoming kind of um witches of darkness or whatever i'm still working on that concept but it's kind of like we want to keep you practicing white magic versus we don't want you dealing with dark magic if you're already in the gray area that's bad enough we're gonna have to confine you into becoming a white witch right that's kind of where i will say irene is a gray witch Mm -hmm. she's kind of like right in the middle she she knows she has to be good but she does sometimes she does roll into the bad zone 
out of action, like, I guess out of impulsive behavior. She does. She's not intentionally a bad character. Like she, she, she doesn't want to be bad. She just wants to get away from basically her mom's bullshit. (laughs) So it's kind of like, it's a typical teenager attitude. Like, I don't want to have to deal like with, with, with school. I don't want to be around my parents and stuff like that. Like I want to just do what I, what I want to do. Like, leave me alone, mom and dad. Like that's kind of how she is. That's kind of, that's kind of, she's, she's, she's a typical teenager in that sense. Like mom, I'm old enough. I can do what I want. Leave me alone. Kind of attitude. But she's, she's more polite, I guess until, till she gets to a point where, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. I was going to because her mom is kind of, if I can say, I will say one thing. Her mom is kind of setting her up for her future. Because mm. what happens is her mom runs a coven, which is kind of like a, a coven in that world is kind of like an institution. Okay. And it's like a boarding school. It's a boarding school. So her mom has been given the privilege of owning that school through generations by family. It's a, it, by, by family blood. Irene is destined to run that coven with her sisters one day, which she doesn't want to do. She doesn't want to do that. She's like, I don't want to do this. This is not what I want. I will. Uh, I don't care what you want, mom. You can. My sisters can do whatever they want. I'm not going to do this because I got other plans. So that's basically where. Yeah, that's basically where she. <laughs> that's her attitude, kind of. I mean, if nothing else, it's definitely already on display with what little taste we've had out there so far. Again, like I've said, like if this is only like the first little like drop of ink on a full like you know book of what could potentially be out there, goodness, you've got me on the edge of my seat, just wondering what in the world is Irene gonna get herself into. <laughs> hey, I, I I myself am kind of I'm kind of in the position where I I know what's going to happen but at the same time I'm in the viewer seat too like I'm in the front row like sitting right in the center chair and I'm kind of like I know what's going to happen but at the same time I even get shocked sometimes of what happens like while I'm writing these things I sit there and I'm like oh wow okay so we just changed from this thing to this thing yeah. okay oh whoa that's actually a good idea we'll roll with it so I I shock myself um Will there be other human characters in there? There will be. Um, there is other characters that I want to bring in there. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're just dealing with mild characters to kind of have her dance around a little bit until we get to a really to a, a scenario where she has to like. How do I say it? Where it comes more like in a character because the whole my, my theme for this whole comic is character development. Okay, so she will. The way we see her now, like I said before, she's going to be different in a way. I mean, she's still going to be crazy and funny, but she's going to be a little bit more, how do I say, calcul- like she can, she, she's more calculated, I guess. Like she, she's more mature in her choices. Okay. Like now she's all over the damn place. Like don't even, <laughs> don't even trust her with going with her judgment. If you go in the woods with her, um, expect to die <laughs> along the lines or expect to get hurt. Because she'll 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 manipulate not, not manipulate but she'll be like relax it'll be fine we're just gonna we're just gonna walk a little bit oh what is that and she gets easily distracted there yeah. is I think a very <laughs> I think there is a case of ADHD in there somewhere just the case but um <laughs> just a case I'm still analyzing this character's potential <laughs> psychological disorders <laughs> but 
but she I, she definitely she gets distracted and it's kind of like I actually I'm in the works of doing something funny just to let all all the fans know like okay there's a sign that says danger guess who's walking right to it her and all the characters are like <laughs> and of course when she gets into situations especially with danger her natural best response is by inserting puns because that's the way she kind of deals with danger. Yes. She has to insert a pun and everybody's like, really? Like, like you have to do this right now when we're in a life threatening situation. <laughs> it, it spices things up, unfortunately to her, but I think she does it out of nervousness. Like I think she, eventually she'll confess. She's like, I'm sorry. I'm so obnoxious with my, my puns. It's because I just, I'm so freaking nervous. And that's my only way of channeling my nervousness by jokes well there you go guys we have lore now inserted in this podcast um <laughs> uh goodness like that well she's she's a jokester so i i i didn't want her to be a serious like you know how many female protagonists we have and they just don't have a lot of humor they're not goofy enough right. i wanted that, that she be a character who's not afraid to be goofy like she she's not afraid to be a dork like she knows she, you tell her she's a dork. She's like, yeah, I, I know I'm a dork. I embrace it. There you go. You know, so. <laughs> it's uh, just, she, she's she's a goofball. She's smart, but she's a goofball in a way. And I, I wanted her to be like a, a, a dorkable dork. That's basically what I wanted her to be. I don't think I've ever heard that phrase before, but I'm going to start using it. A dorkable dork. I love that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she's an adorkable dork. Yeah, yes. Dorkable That's dork. exactly what she is. Um, but I mean, nevertheless, like I, I, I think what also helps with what you're doing with this comic is the fact that it's a comic. Like, if this was a novel, like you probably intention intended to be, like, Lord knows how many times you would have to like tweak and mess with something before you actually like push out something. Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the web comic, like, you can like do little bits here and there and such, and then like maybe something you might have had planned, you could tweak it a little bit, like having a little more fun and having a bit of creativity to like, maybe it's not what everyone's expecting, but you know what? This is where it leads us. Let's see where it goes. Yeah. I, I love that. And like I said, there's so many ways. I, she's a character I know can go in so many different directions. Mm -hmm. That's why I feel like this is the best direction she can go to. And also because I, I'm seriously hoping to eventually turn her into an animated series. Hey. Like that's my ultimate goal. And I, I can even see her in a video game. Like I can even see this being like a video game where you can do spells and stuff like that. Yeah. And of course there be there would be a com like a comedy about it, but it also can be really dark. Um, because it I, I wanted to juggle around with a little horror, but it's I wanted to say like fantasy. I didn't want to generalize it as horror because I didn't want everybody to think, Oh, it's horror, it's gonna scare the kids. Like, no, I it's it's, it's there is some I, I will say like being in a catacombs filled with dead people that look like that, like there looks kind of comical, but if we were to do it like a live action thing, that would be creepy as hell. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> <laughs> and it, when they come to life, it was actually going to be even more comical, that chapter. That actually, fun fact, it was actually going to be a musical number. What was going to happen was not a musical <laughs> number, but she was going she was going to hex them. Like, she was going to hex them to paralyze them, but they all would start dancing. And she would accidentally eventually, like, hex herself, and she would start dancing with them, and then there would that would spin into like oh i need an antidote or something like i need something to stop dancing but that would have spun that would have made the chapter i think too long right and right. it would have spun into another scenario so we may go to that direction later on we'll see but there will be some dancing later on somewhere there will be some dancing so, so. i i did 
as great as that would have been for like a good first chapter, I think we need to save that for the animated series because seeing everyone dance like that in an animated form would make it like just absolutely golden. <laughs> we got, we got, we got a uh, uh, like a catacombs full with dead people. She's trying to hex them, and all of a sudden, it's starting to sound like a thriller mixed beel juice <laughs> dinner hey. scene kind of environment, and she's just like, I. <laughs> like that it would be awesome you just the instant like the spell gets messed you know uh like she does the spell next thing you know in the background you just hear no <laughs> yeah or or I, I kid you not suavemente <laughs> there we go <laughs> what was the other one it was on tiktok it was that song uh da, 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 da. it was like um bongola but it's uh, kind of like it's kind of like one of those funny dance music. Right. I was like, "That's perfect." Or what was the one so funny? Oh my god, I forgot his name. Everybody calls him like the Power Ranger, uh, like the Power Ranger, whatever. It's so funny because he has all these different colors. Um, it's the song goes like this: do 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 da 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 do 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 da da da. Yes, I know. I thought about that one. Yes, I was thinking about that. Like hello, I was like. Dude, I was like, that is it. Like that that is that would be perfect. That is perfect. Look, companies out there, if you're not interested in investing and in seeing that in animated form, you guys are missing out right there. Come on, producers. We, I, we need yes. you. <laughs> or just 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 give me the money. I, I let me tell you something. I can make it work. There okay. You go. I just <laughs> I'll get the people. I'll get the people somehow. I mean, come on, guys. I'm not going to lie. I think Webtoon Canvas is eyeballing me. So no. depending how much content I got and everything, because they did post last month on their actual page. I think they're keeping an eye on me because if I make more content or whatever, whatnot, there might be a chance that it might get Greenland to an OG, an OG series. If that's the case, I will have to uh, make the discussions. I have to talk about it and see if I'm going to devote this into an original series on Webtoon, which means um, I'm sure enough it'll be exclusive or whatever. But I would then get some kind. I would definitely get it will be a third. It will be another job, but perfect. So I'll just have to dance around the I would just have to dance around the schedule because, of course, I'm going back to school and stuff like that. And I have another job. But uh, I tell you right now, if she can give me a big break, I'm sorry. Everything else, <laughs> love that. That's my baby. Right that's my child. <laughs> that's my child. So that's my girl. I, I tell you something. She has kept me sane for a lot of reasons. Even right now, with what's going on in my life, yeah. she has helped me. Like I can escape and I can do all this. So yeah. I mean, I can only so, yeah. I can only imagine because, like I said, with how much you've just had invested in art in general, let alone this character, like if, if the canvassing does become true at this point, these are just you know, hey, you know, a thought more or less. Nothing is actually set in stone, or anything. yeah, nothing set in stone. Um, nothing set in stone. I do have a backup plan of making a website for her and comics and stuff like that. And as I said, Artist Alley, that's where I really want to promote her. Like, I want to make physical copies of the book. And I want to sell the comics there. I actually, hell, I want to cosplay her. There you like, go. I want to dress up like her. And I was going to try to get as many people involved as possible because I want to do like an actual shoot, photo shoot, where we're all like in the woods and doing different characters. And if anybody wants to be some dead people, come on, come on. I'm going to get those dead people in there. So 
I'll tell you what, you keep me we'll in the, see. keep me in the loop if it's like in the summer or something like that. I'll see what I could do because again, my mom lives in Florida. I could I can come down and dress up. I'm down for that opportunity. Hey, you you're more than welcome to join us because uh, my group we actually we we did dress up like witches many years ago and we did um, an art show because I was I was featuring art at the museum. Yeah. And they were like, "Well, we're going to call you guys." I'm like, "We're the Coven of Weirdos." The coven. And they're like, "Yes." <laughs> they're like, "Oh my gosh." And I'm like, "Yeah, we're the Coven of Weirdos. This is my 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 other witchy friend, she's blind, she can't see, but she can tell you your future and when you're gonna die. You Me, go. I'm I'm kind of the one, like I know what I'm the, the the leader here. I got the wand and everything. Um, and we got our warlock here, wise man, da 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 da. And it worked out really good. And everybody's like, look, it's the coming of weirdos. And we're like, yes. There you go. There you go. I, I do want to say, I'm glad you brought up the museum thing. Because that's the thing I was going to bring up. Because I believe you're probably only the second guest I may have had on this podcast to have had their stuff featured in a museum, uh, both the Orlando Museum of Art and City Arts Factory. What were those opportunities yes. like for you? They were good. Um, they were, I think they were great stepping stones. Mm-hmm to going there um i personally i it was it was good to start off i learned a lot um networking there and stuff like that i've met some great people um the only thing i find it to be an issue is that it depends on the like what you're trying to deliver in terms of an artist i see myself more as a multimedia artist and more like i feel like i will get more out of conventions than i do in a fine art gallery Unless, like, I was super famous. Like, I was super popular that everybody knew me. Mm-hmm. Then, yes, a fancy art gallery, yes. Um, but at this point, I really want to invest in more multimedia art, and I want to go into conventions. Like, I, Artist Alley is what I want to do. Right, right. That's really what I want to do. But it was a good experience. I cannot complain. You know, as an artist, you you learn you learn as you go. Um, and I did meet some great people through that and I, I loved it. I really did enjoy it. Yeah. I'm glad you at least had the opportunity and honestly seeing kind of your stuff and what you've had a hand in like multimedia makes perfect sense. Considering in fact, now on top of doing all the, uh, illustrations, the desire for animation, uh, you also, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, sculpt, sew and paint on top of all the other things. Like you just, you just divulge yourself into as much art as possible. Don't you? Uh, yeah, I'm just a creative person. I I tell people uh, being an artist to me is not just that the ability. Oh, you can draw. It, it's it's a mentality. It's a it's a person. And I I'm an artist. That is what I am. That's just the the person I have become. Yeah. Um, I I I can do a lot of things, but I am at the end of the day, I am an artist. That's what I am. Well. As an artist, let me ask you this. I mean, obviously, you've devolved yourself so much into it already. What, in your mind, is the end goal for you, both as an artist, but also with this venture of the Adventurous Witch? Television series. Television series? A 2D... Okay. 2D animated series. Mm -hmm. Or, to be able, and this would be surreal, to actually partner with Leica Studios to do a stop-motion animated feature of there her. You there you go. That would be a dream. You're you're also the second guest I've had on this podcast that would love to work with Leica in one aspect for another. And to be fair... Leica is... They are... They are... They're the golden standard right now when it comes to, to 2D stop-motion at this point. I'm sorry. I'm not a fan of 3D animation. I... 
I really don't want to. That's one of the reasons what draw me back from the animation industry is because everything is so 3D. And there's not enough jobs that go into like 2D character design or whatever. And we have nothing here in Florida. And most companies, even though they are remote, they don't want to work with remote people. They don't, even though we had the pandemic and stuff like that. Right. They want somebody in-house or near that location, which, I mean, I guess I can understand some. I can't. But it is what it is. At this point, I feel like I want to do – I want to have control over my work unless like – I want to have control of my work as long as I can until I can actually say this company really wants it and they're going to pay me that I can sell it. And then I'm, you know, that is where that's kind of where I see myself at this point, because Mm -hmm. a lot of people who make stuff like on YouTube and stuff, they eventually get picked up by a company and that's how they start nowadays. It's not like, oh, you're going to go to Cal Arts. You're going to work for Nickelodeon for two, two point five years. You storyboard pitch an idea and it becomes a show it kind of it's different a little bit now than it is than it was before especially now covid covid has completely shifted everything so now we got to kind of dance around the way covid has kind of destroyed it but. i was saying not only like covid but also like like covid has limited stuff but also like streaming platforms has kind of expanded the opportunity to do that kind of stuff while also limiting yeah. it because most of the streaming stuff they only do it for like maybe a season and that's it which is not sustainable for a lot of these series that get at least two series or so, two seasons or something like that so i will say i am working on streaming Ooh. so i will try to start streaming next year i got to work on my office desk area my office area here because I'm going back to school, so I'll be doing schoolwork, nice. artwork, and all that stuff there. So I'm hoping when I get that going, because everybody's like, Novella, you need to stream. You need to stream. And I'm like, yes, I will stream. <laughs> so, I will. I will. Trust me, I will. But, you know, I got to get – it's a process, but I will do it. There you go. She's That's listening, my goal. people. She is listening to y'all. <laughs> I'm hearing you all, and I know you guys want more content, and I'm working on it. Trust me, I am. I am a one-woman show, and just know that being a one-woman show is a lot of work, and it doesn't get done overnight. No, but I, not. hearing all of you, and I love you guys so much, and I can't put in words how much I appreciate all of you, your comments, your support, everything. Like it means so much to me because I work really hard to get to this point, and I'm still working hard because I want to do so much more. I'm go. so determined. I'm so determined and I'm I'm like I'm not a person like when I get somewhere I I'm done. Like I want more. I'm demanding. So well, So yeah. Well, speaking of more, <clears throat> why don't I just roll out the red carpet a little bit and give you more or less the dream scenario if I can. Let's say I am Big Shot Mr. Moneybags. I come up to you and like Novella, look. What you do is absolutely outstanding. It is absolutely stunning the artwork that you're pushing out there and we want to see more. I have connections to anyone and everyone in the industry, and I have more money than there should be possible. Jesus Christ, why am I not giving this to Ethiopia or something to help them out? Um, <laughs> if given the opportunity, what would be the dream novella project? Shoot, uh, here we go again. The Adventurous Witch, obviously. Um, <laughs> that's the ultimate, that's my ultimate baby right now i have a few other projects right now that i have in the back of my head i'm thinking when i take a little break from the adventures which when i make more from her but i want to take a little high i guess you say the highest or whatever they call it yeah, now hiatus. you know when you have a break in between your kind of hiatus or whatever i can hiatus or whatever <laughs> um 
I want to make another comic which is more horror. Ooh. So that one is horror comedy, um, which is in the lines of horror. And um, hopeful, I'm hoping to make it more targeted to a more mature audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas The Adventures, which is more juvenile, young adult. But um, this one is more, more like adult. Okay. Okay. So that's going to be the next thing. So there might be another comic coming soon. Um, once... I kind of put more of the adventurous witch out there. And then once I feel like I can take a little bit of a break from that for maybe a half a year or so, I'm going to be working on the next material. There you go. But nevertheless, like the dream scenario would be to make the adventurous witch and go as far with it as possible. Exactly. Yeah. That, and then we'll see what else turns out happening for me. I mean, I love costumes and dressing up. I would love to maybe get, Shoot, I, I would love to make it as profitable as possible that we have clothes, uh, clothesline, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, have have less like I'm the the um, vintage pinup community who loves the vintage clothes. Like, let's make some witchy stuff based off it or go. my style or anything. Because I love besides um, comics, I love fashion. I love costumes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, come on, let's do something. There's a lot. There's a lot I want to do. Basically, what I want, I want to brand myself is go. what I want to do. I want to become a brand. So that's what I'm kind of doing. I'm kind of branding myself, telling everybody, hey, this is me. This is all I do. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, there you go. There we go. Yep. But, there you go. But sadly, we have to come down from the dream scenario a little bit. We have to get back to reality. And I'll ask the ever so generic uh, question. Where do you hope to see yourself five to ten years from now? Well, shit. Um, <laughs> um, definitely, definitely. Uh, I would love to have a, a steady career. Um, right now, it looks like I will be in education. I might be teaching, um, which I have no problem with. Uh, art, art education is fun. I love doing events with kids, so that's fun. Um, we'll see what that happens. But I would like to actually make profit off my web comics. Like, I would like to try to make it another job, or like, I would like to make profit off my work. Okay. No, I. That's honestly, hoping. That that's hoping. That's at least a good start. As we wind the interview down, I just have one last question that I want to ask. Obviously, you're like deeply entrenched when it comes to art and so many different aspects. How important is art, not just for you, but for the world as a whole? A lot, because I I'm I'm a visual person. Um, art just it, it's just it's just like it's almost like a religion to me. Mm-hmm. Like it, it it's like a practice. It's something that. I do for my soul. It helps me. It helps me to express myself in ways I can't express myself any other way. So I feel as humans, it's important to our overall development. Yeah. Like it, it, it helps us to become smarter. And that's the problem I have with schools, and why I kind of want to be an art instructor. Like I, a part of me wants to be an art teacher because I want to bring back the arts in school and show everyone the value of it because it's so important to our development as human beings. There we go. Creativity. I, there you go. I can't think of a better way to word that myself. That was all the <clears throat> that was all the questions I have for you. Um, I've already showered you with a bunch of praise. I'm gonna do it a little bit more yes. because my podcast. I do what I want. Trust me. Yeah, we uh, can do we can do a little bit before my phone dies, real quick. Because okay. if I once I go bye bye, that's me. My phone is dead. But I really want to say bye before my phone dies. <laughs> but give me go ahead. We can go ahead and cut that. Uh, thing. That's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna be super quick with it. Um. My producer, Tipsy, was the one that introduced me to you. I cannot thank her enough for that because seeing your art, it's absolutely stunning. The style is absolutely unique, and I cannot get enough of it. Um, 
I love what you've already started. She's sweet. I love her stuff. Absolutely. I love her stuff. She's such a sweetheart. <laughs> she really is. But what you've already started with the Adventure Switch, if this is only like the first little taste, especially with what you've done with years invested yes. in art in one aspect for another, if this is what you've only got for step one, I can't wait to see the next 10, 20, 50, 100 steps from now. I'm so, glad to hear it. So thank you so yes. much for what you do. We're really working on that. Really? Anytime, and I love to stay in touch with you guys. You guys are amazing. Hey, so. absolutely. Hey, you instant. I mean, we already know each other through Instagram and Discord. You're, I'm a message away. I, I'm more than happy to keep up the connection, one aspect for another. Awesome. Plug yourself for awesome. people at home super quick. Yes. Yes. Plug yourself for uh, uh, plug yourself for quickly. Where can people find you if they want to see more about you if they don't already? Oh yes. All right. Um, I have a website. Um, you can go to my website, novellacooper.com. Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to, I'm on Instagram at novella cooper art. That's going to be where you see my artwork. There's also the adventurous witch on Instagram on Twitter. I am, I think I'm and Cooper art or whatever. You'll find me through, uh, the adventurous witch on Twitter, which is, um, Irene Vintergon, which is the name of the character. Um, and I'm also on Instagram by um, Quirky Vintage School, okay. which I also go by on um, TikTok because I got a TikTok now, everyone. Woohoo! And I have my art on TikTok as well at Novella Cooper Art. All those links will be in the description below. Do you have any final words before we sign off? Uh, thank you so much for having me. This was fantastic. This was my first podcast interview. Hey, I feel honored. So you're my first. Yes. <laughs> so this was a privilege and i can't wait to create more content for you guys and i'm as i said before this is just the beginning of what we have so thank you for having me i can't wait to show you guys more of what i'm going to work on and um you guys have a wonderful wonderful thanksgiving because i know thanksgiving's on the way and happy holidays to everyone so. absolutely thank you once again for your time i really do appreciate it anytime for everyone else at home hasta luego mi amigos Alrighty guys, bye! Thanks for listening to the Apocalypse Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, go to ApocalypsePodcastNetwork.com. And remember, every time you support one of our sponsors, you're supporting the podcast you just heard. Hope you guys are doing well today. You know, enjoying another wonderful episode of the Postmodern Art Podcast. Or if this is your first episode, welcome. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. I really do appreciate it. You know, I've been thinking a lot about this journey that I've been going on so far. Um, and the incredible people I've had to meet. The incredible people that I got to talk to. And it's just been a unique experience. Like, I know I, I say it a lot, but, you know, it, it really is. Like, the fact that I'm getting to 
talk to the people that I do, the fact that I know some of the people that I know, getting to appear on stuff that never would have even thought I had the opportunity to, and hopefully getting the opportunities I can to help further that growth. Um, I said this a little publicly on Twitter, but I recently had an ad opportunity fall through. Um, None against the other company. It's one of those they had their parameters. They had what they were looking for. And sadly, my audience did not fall in those parameters. And you know what? That was fine. They were the ones that seeked me out. So I can't be mad. But, you know, I just want an opportunity. I just want an opportunity to, to let people know, hey, you can trust me with some stuff. And I can promise you guys something in return, you know? Like... You know, to be sponsored, quote unquote, isn't like my end all be all. You know, I'm not, I didn't make this podcast to make money. But if I can make money off of this podcast, I can devote more into the podcast and more into like the art and such. Like, if I could, I would love to be able to hire people on to help improve the project, um, hire people on to help other people with their projects, you know create like an art division to create like animations and online art based on the content that I push out, you know, I, yeah, it's, it's a thought, it's a fantasy, but I would love to be able to do that if I had more of an opportunity to get paid for that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's, that's a pipe dream at this point. At this point, all I'm focused on is making sure I have wonderful conversations with wonderful people about their incredible artwork. And I think I've done that a lot to this point. I think I've done a good job with it. I hope you guys would at least agree with me. <laughs> I'd love to see who else would be interested to, to be on the podcast. If you guys know of anyone that you think would be wonderful on the podcast, let me know. Get me in contact with them. I'd love to hear about it. I'd love to know who wants to sit down and talk about themselves for at least an hour or an hour and a half. Because, you know, it's fun. It's fun. Speaking of fun, I am actually intrigued for you guys to hear about next week's episode. Um, I'll go ahead and give you a heads up. Next week's episode will not be on a Thursday because for America, that's Thanksgiving. And I feel like people shouldn't have to worry about, you know, eating Thanksgiving and then listening to a podcast. That's not how you're supposed to to spend Thanksgiving. You spend Thanksgiving to enjoy the family that you're around and enjoy the company and be thankful for the year that has been be thankful that you've made it this far that's why i'm not going to release an episode on thanksgiving i'll probably release it the day after on that friday but let me tell you (laughs) it's quite possibly one of the biggest episodes that i have done and i've done some big episodes in my opinion so i hope you guys subscribe bring that little bell thing or whatnot if you're listening to this on youtube or if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you subscribe or follow whatever they personally use so you can be updated on when new episodes come out. Because if you love this episode, you're going to love some of the other episodes, whether it's guests I've had in the past or the guests I'm going to bring on. 
you guys keeping up your love and support helps this podcast grow more than you would ever believe. The type of people and the amount of people that come to a podcast, that come to any sort of like online entity and show love and support for it, like it really showcases to others, okay, there's something here, something that others can invest in. And if others invest in this podcast, this podcast can do nothing but grow. And I want this podcast to grow. I want this to be something. Because I know myself, I know Tipsy, and I know some of the other former guests and friends that I made along the way, they want to see this podcast grow. I hope you guys are wanting to be right there with me, no matter what. My final word for the day, since Thanksgiving is next week and there won't be an episode on Thanksgiving, be thankful for what you got around you, you know? everyone's situation is not perfect. And for some people, it might be a little harder to be thankful for certain things. But I'm sure if you look deep enough, there is at least one thing in your life that you can be forever grateful for, that you can be thankful for. I know personally I'm thankful for so many people and so many things in my life. But I know that everyone, I hope that everyone has something that they are thankful for, they are grateful for, and if nothing else, helps them get through their day-to-day. So, with the coming week or whatnot, just remember what you're thankful for. If I can say one thing, I'm thankful for you guys. I really do appreciate what you've been able to, to give so far. I'm thankful for it, and I hope that we can keep it going. 